The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Hey, it's just me tonight. Our sympathy goes out to Sam. Uh, he had his mother's funeral on Saturday. He texted me and said it was the hardest thing he's ever had to do. And it's Sam, I've already had to do that. And I know it is a very, very hard thing. But, hey, with the blessings of God and um, his strength, we can endure all. So, hey, our blessings go out to you, Sam. And um, we know you're going to conquer this just like you've conquered many things in your life. And, brother, be strong. Hey, well, let's get into this sports thing. Um, hey, Tiger Woods had to withdraw from the Honda Classic. Tiger said his back tightened up. Next thing you know, he grabbed his daughter's hand and said, hey, baby, let's get out of here. Let's go hit the jet and go back to Florida, go to Jupiter, Florida, hang out down there for a while. But, um, and more, and, and Rory McIlroy actually choked. But we'll get into that a little bit later. The, the 49ers are actually t- now they're toying with Harbaugh saying, are you ready to come and be our coach? Harbaugh's actually playing games with him. He's not sure if he wants to take the deal with them. You know, it's a little bit of, little bit of controversy going on in this thing. And, and, I, and I'm not sure if, if Harbaugh really wants to be in San Francisco or he wants more money or he wants more control. But it looks like now he's being sought after by some other teams. Now, that could be interesting in itself because if um, the Cleveland Browns, they desperately need a coach. And, and I, you know, if the, if the Cleveland Browns offered Bush Davis $3.5 million years ago to be their coach, um, and they just got rid of Rob Chazinski after being just there for one year, and they had to pay him something like $7.5 million, Hey, they have money to throw away in Cleveland, and I know they want to win. We, you know, we, the, the dog pound wants to have a winner. They haven't won there in a long time. They haven't won since, um, since Bernie Kozov was there. That's a long time. So it wouldn't surprise me to see, um, it wouldn't surprise me to see um, the 49ers actually make some trades to, um, to get Harbaugh, if, if we could actually um, think about it like that. Uh, a team would actually trade players to get a coach, unheard of. But um, don't forget the um, this happened with Bill Parcells when he was with um, New England Patriots. I think he was traded for to the Jets for some players as a coach to be to be the coach of the New York Jets. So these things have happened before. But 
uh, Harbaugh, he's, he's, he's only been in the league for like four years. And you wonder, is he really worth this? Is he worth players to come and coach? I say yes. You know, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, the former um, Oakland Raiders coach came out today and said that a suit is easier to replace than a coach. You know, and when 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 someone when someone like this comes out and talk about a player, you know, I think that's that talks about a coach in that regard. I think we have to take notice to that, you know. And um, this man is not someone to be taken taken lightly. Uh, so I think we have to take it take it serious when he talks to us about about coaches and and um and 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 how valuable they are to a team because John Madden is a legendary coach and when coach John Madden comes out and says that um you know you need to take take serious consideration about your coach I think they really do but when we look at some of the free agents that are out there now you know it's a, it's a lot of free agents that are on on the board and a lot of people say Michael Vick might be the hottest free agent available you know michael vick huh, he's gone through a lot and came out the bat and and came out the bat looking real good you know michael vick played philadelphia and had some strong seasons under under coach uh, andy reed um you know with a new coach chip kelly i don't know if he fits that system i think michael vick wants to stand in the pocket and and sling the ball around now i don't think he wants to run i think he wants to use his speed and and, and agility only when it's necessary, and I think right now he's he's at a point in his life where uh, he could he can stand back in the pocket and help a team and run when it's necessary, and I think he could possibly take one of these teams to the playoffs. Hey, it's a lot of teams need quarterbacks. The Minnesota Vikings, one of them that come to mind. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think he can help any of those teams, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if we see him in a Jaguar uniform, you know, Josh McCowan, hey, um, Josh McCowan played some serious football last year and, and has won some games in the NFL. Uh, he played some, some good football for the, um, for the uh, Chicago Bears last year, and I think he could really do some things this year. Matt Castle, hey, Matt Castle has struggled ever since he left the New England Patriots, and he's probably going to be the third best quarterback coming out of that, coming out of that, um, out of the free agency this year. Josh Freeman. Josh Freeman came out and let us know last year that he had some issues um, that he was dealing with. And, you know, all of us are pulling for Josh, and we'd like to see him go, come back to be the player he was his rookie year in Tampa Bay. But it's no guarantee that, uh, that we'll ever see that again from, uh, from Josh Freeman. And, and I, hope, I hope that someday we will. Matt Flynn is still a free agent. Matt Flynn has probably made more money being a backup or being the – the backup to the backup in the NFL than anybody else in the NFL. And Brady Quinn is still hanging around. Um, hey, don't hate the player. Hate the game he's playing. And Brady Quinn is trying to make a living at this thing. On the running back side, you know, Darren McFadden has never, ever lived up to his potential with the Oakland Raiders. And I, I really see Darren McFadden having a breakout career playing for one of these playing for another team um here's another player that could that, that i'd love to see in jacksonville 
but it's a lot of places that Darren McFadden can go and play at right now. Um, but Maurice Jones-Drew is a running back that has had a, a, a solid career in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. I mean, he, he's had Pro Bowl numbers, um, but for the last two years, he has not played he has not even played like he was really wanting to be in Jacksonville. So you got to wonder, is, is this small statue of a man's career on the downslide? You know, he was, he's, he's small, so you know he's not a very fast person. So has he lost a step and a half? Has he, are we going to ever see the running back he was in, um, in 2010 and 11, uh, are we, we going to see that? I, I'm, I'm not so sure if we'll ever see that. But a very interesting running back that will be on the free agent market is LeGarrette Blunt. Now, LeGarrette Blunt has had a had, had an awesome career in um, in Tampa. Not an awesome career, but he had a solid career as a running back in, in Tampa with the Buccaneers. And they they traded him for uh, a running back that has never actually played played for them. Um, the running back from the University of Florida track guy, I can't think of his name right now, but he's never really played for um, for them. The New England Patriots traded him for LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt is a free agent now, and where would this young man uh, land? He had, a, he had a, a nice season last year with New England, but we all know Belichick is one of those coaches that if you're not getting it done for him right now, you probably you're not getting it done in a championship game. You probably you're not getting it done when the when when the game is on the line. You're probably not gonna be around very long. And uh, I can see where um, he he's uh, Legarrette Blunt is one of those guys. If he's if he's not producing for Belichick every time he steps on the field, Belichick has skepticism about him coming in to his camp. And I don't see him um, I don't see him returning back to. Um, to um to to New England to the New England Patriots, but um you know there are some uh, players like Ronnie Brown. You know Ronnie Brown is really on on probably his his last last leg. Can we you know a lot of people don't realize Ronnie Brown came from Auburn with this dude named Cadillac Williams. You know and 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 everybody thought that Cadillac was going to be the star. Ronnie Brown turned out to have longevity in his career. You know, well Peyton Hillis is another running back that came out of college out of um. He, him and Darren McFadden played in, played in the same backfield at, at Arkansas, and uh, Peyton Hillis had a, had an awesome career, but he just never really um, never really panned out in the NFL and has not had a solid career with with any team in the uh, in the NFL. Here's another one: uh, Felix Jones. Felix Jones never really never really did did much in the NFL, and he's a running back that's, that's still hanging around. Leon Washington, a guy from Florida State, he's a kick-return specialist. That's all he do is a kick-return specialist. He's been in the league probably for at least 10 years, and he is a kick-return specialist, continues. That's the, he's a special team player. So here's a young man. Here's a man that has, has a special talent that has kept him in the league for a long time, but I think his I think his career is kind of winding down to that point where he's a he's about to about to walk away from the game. But hey, he's had a, a very very nice career. He's um, done a lot of things in the league, and it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that um that if he doesn't get a t- if he doesn't sign with the team this year, 
it's not going to surprise me. On the other hand, the wide receivers in this field, you know, Hakeem Nix, this year, he had an awful season. Last year, he had a Pro Bowl season. And how can you, you know, it's really hard to judge him because he's had a lot, he's had to deal with a lot of injuries throughout his career in the NFL. And right now, you wonder, is he healthy? Is he going to be healthy enough to, to make it through an a NFL, NFL um, season? And he's not a very uh, young man either. And this position seems to be held down by very young guys. Um, Eric Decker is probably going to be the most sought-after uh, wide receiver in this year's free agent class. And this was one of Peyton Manning's top receivers. Uh, it's going to surprise me to see um, – to see the, the um, Denver Broncos let Eric Decker go. But I know they will not place a franchise tag on him because I don't think he's worth it. And I know that if I don't think he's worth it, I'm sure the Denver Bronco doesn't think he's worth, worth it. Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman has turned into be a solid receiver for the New England Patriots. And, and I mean, when I say solid receiver – they brought in Danny Amendola in this year from the Rams to be the number one receiver this year, actually to replace Wes Welker. And here it is, Julian Edelman had a, had a much better season, had, you know, was a much better producer. And Edelman has almost gotten a label of being fragile. I mean, he can't take a lick. He, he really just can't hold up. He can't last a season. It's a lot of things going on with him that we just don't, we just haven't been able to, um, you know, he, he's just not a very tough guy. I mean, and, and, and he takes a lot of punishing blows as well. Anquan Bolden, 49ers receiver, won a Super Bowl with the, with the Baltimore Ravens. A solid, solid receiver. You know, it, it doesn't seem to have lost anything. Has, has re-signed a two-year deal for $12 million with the uh, 49ers. You know, and that's the reason uh, Anquan Bolden left, left the Ravens, because they didn't want to pay him. You know, and the 49ers gave him um, a, a one-year deal last year. Now they give him a two-year deal. And I know that, you know, you got to be happy to see a guy like Anquan Bolden. Basically, he's, he's stretching his career out as long as he can. And I could see him playing. I could see him signing another two-year deal at the end of this two-year deal because in two years, he'll still be as good as a lot of these receivers because he, he has that it factor. You know, uh, Jacoby Jones, wow. I, I, that this this guy is going to be interesting on the market as a receipt, as, as a receiver, simply because he does so many things. He's the Ravens' number one um, kick returner. He's the Ravens' number one or two receiver. He can do a lot of things, and I just really see him as being one of those guys that they cannot afford to let go. And if they do, if they do let him go, it'll it's, it's going to really hurt this franchise. Um, but when we look at Emmanuel Sanders, you know Emmanuel Sanders has has not lived up to what what we what he hasn't lived up to his potential. Um, you know, last year he he really he he had a bust season last year. Just didn't didn't come through for the um he didn't he didn't come through for the Steelers like they thought he was, like they thought he should have, you know, 67 receptions. But when you look at it, that's probably the most receptions. That's the most receptions he's had in the last, in the last three years. 
and that's not enough because they expected him to um to really come through for come through for them. I was expecting him to come up at least seventy receptions last year, eighty. But um, you know, Golden Tate played on a Super Bowl team with the with the with with the Seattle Seahawks, and it really makes you wonder. Is he going to be back with the Seahawks? You know, um, Golden Tate had a, had, a, had a very nice season last year. You know, um, 64, 64 receptions, 898 yards. You know, it's, can he be a number one receiver for another team? And I guess some of these teams are looking for number one guys, but a lot of teams have to have, you know, they, they have number one. They're looking for number two and three. And I really think Golden Tate can be a number, a number one, number two or three um, receiver. He could fit in with any team. This, is a, this guy played in the Super Bowl last year, and I really think he has a chance of, um, of, um, of playing some really good football. He's still young. He's only been in the league for three years, you know. Um, but when we look at some of these, some of these other players, you know, some of these other running backs, uh, wide receivers that are, that we're talking about, Dexter Dexter McCluster, you know, Dexter McCluster is probably the best receiver. The sec- he's the second receiver um, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, if he's going to be the second receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, he could be the second. He could be the number one receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I and I really mean that. And when 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 we look at it, these guys are really going to help a lot of franchises. Kobe Ford, you know, he he's going to help help somebody. Uh, Jermaine Simpson, Sidney Rice, um, New England, um, the um, Sidney Rice, the um, he he played with the um, Seattle Seahawks as well last year. He got injured. Went to Germany, took some kind of had some kind of procedure on his knee. Didn't didn't seem to work out for him that well. Hey, from the U, Santana Moss, still got it, baby. Santana Moss still can play a couple more years, and I'd love to see him sign another contract and extend his career a little bit too. You know, but <laughs> I think when we look at the list of free agents and wide receivers, we still see players like Claxico Burris. Now I really think um, Classical Burris is probably doing what he's going to do well, and he's on. Uh, you see him on uh, on the sports networks. He's a he's a commentator with one of the franchises. Um, so I think I think we've probably seen the last of Classical Burris as a wide receiver in the NFL. But um, you know, when we look at players like um, like James Jones, you know um, James Jones. You know he's had a he's had a solid career with the 49ers. However, he's a free agent this year. You know James Jones only caught 59 passes last year. The year before he caught 64. You know I think I think um, I think the 49ers are looking at him and saying, hey, it's it's almost at that point where we have to cut our ways and cut our ties with James Jones. Hey guys, you looking at you listening to Sports Info UM. And we'll be right back with more sports information on VoiceAmericaRadio.com.
favorite flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, we're lucky enough tonight to have Darcy Johnson, uh, tight end for University of Central Florida, and um, tight end with the New York Giants from 2006 to 2009, and um, the, Los, the St. Louis Rams in 2010. Darcy, welcome to the show. Darcy also holds a uh, Super Bowl wing ring under his under his belt and on his finger. How's it going, man? Hey, man, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me, uh Excuse the noise if y'all here. I'm downtown Orlando, uh, sitting out enjoying the beautiful city. But uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for being on, man. Hey, you know, Darcy, last week we had, we were having a little continuation of a conversation we had last week about the NFL actually going to be penalizing um, players this year for using the N-word. And uh, um, the guy Sherman for the... um, Seattle Seahawks came out today and said this is ridiculous and this is almost racism for them to give a penalty for a player using the N-word on the field, even to his own teammate. How do you feel about this? Well, I I think, for one, it's going to be hard to police uh, referees knowing who said it, when they said it. Uh, You know, if if you're going to cut out that one word, I I do agree with Richard from the standpoint of – you know, you're going to have to outlaw profanity in the, in the, in the all. So I think uh, it's going to be very hard to police. I think it's a word that uh, don't need to be said. Uh, it's something that um, 
you know, it's a product most people say because there was a product of their environment growing up. And that'd be Caucasian or African Americans. You know, we both use the word in different co- in a different context, but I feel like uh it would be very hard to um get that word out of the game or out people from there uh, growing up. You know, um you know, all of us have, have our views on this. Um some people say that it's a part of a culture. Um some people say that it's a word that should be eradicated, we should never use it. I, I feel it's one of those words that uh it's a part of our it's a part of our society, but it, it really should never be used. Now I I'm a little different. I don't think that we can police this as a as a league. Because in, in, it's so many times where, you know, guys use it as a term of endearment. But we have to some kind of way, as players, as men, we got to get it out of our language, man. It comes out of our mouth too easy, and it's just, it's just said too easily. And, and it's almost to the point now where white people think it's cool to say it. It's, it, it hurts my feelings, honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you, uh, Darrell. I, I agree with you on that, uh. We definitely, man, uh, it's a slave word. You know, it's something that's been used for, you know, years and years. And uh, as a society, we have grown away from that word. And it's just something that, you know, over over time, over generations and generations that, you know, we just use. You know, we I, I, I talked to my grandma about it one time, a long time ago. And the reason why African-Americans started saying the N-word was a way of joking, a way of getting back at at the master, what they'll say back in the you know the day with slavery, and and it was poking fun, and 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 then it just kind of wear you know wear it on the generation generation, just like guys having their pants off their behind, you know they you know they don't know that's a uh, you know something that people use in jail to say hey I'm available for uh, different little things, so you know it, it it all goes in the same category, you know it's something that started out as something that we could just say hey play around with, but then, you know, it just stuck. And uh, I, I do feel like that word should not be said. Now, with that being said, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I never used the word. You know, I grew up in that environment when I did use the word a lot. You know, and I ain't use it to put anybody down. I just used it because that's what I heard. That's what my friends did. That's what my family said. And when I got to the, you know, mature enough and got to the point to understand really what that word means, I, I I took it completely out of my vocabulary. Exactly, man. <clears throat> but you know, you, you you mentioned something about sagging, the pants sagging. You know, I I learned something over the weekend. I went to a men's men's day program, a men's program on Saturday called Boys to Men, and we talked about some of these same things we're talking about now. But um, the word sagging, S A G G I N. Uh-huh. If if you look at that word and spell it backwards, wow, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah, I heard that before uh, a while back, but uh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, yep. And you know, and I really Dang. think we, we it was, and you, and you're right. I think at one point we listened to uh, artists like Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy, and they used that word, and it was almost to the point where they were joking, but um. <clears throat> But they were joking. Now it's almost at a point now where we can't be joking about this thing. Let's take it real. Hey, Darcy, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, bro. All right. 
Thanks. All right. All right, bro. Hey, thanks, Darcy, um, for coming on, and we really appreciate him coming in and doing his thing. Uh, we have two more guests on right now. We have Brett Perryman, and um, we also have Kenny Calhoun from University of Miami. Brett, are you there? I'm here, man. Kenny Calhoun, what's going on? <laughs> hey, Brett Perryman, man. What's going on, hey. man? I watched your son perform, man, just like Hey, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, bro. He- you know, chip up the old block. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. man, you guys put a big smile on my face, man. Thanks. <laughs> hey, Darrell, what's up, man? What's going on, Kenny? Brett, how oh, you man. doing? What's up, Darrell? How you doing, baby? Oh, loving life, man. Every second of it, man. Every second of it. Welcome to Voice America and Sports Info UM. Uh, Sam Sword is usually on the show with me every Monday night, but he's not here tonight. But I got two legends on the show right now with me, Kenny Calhoun. <laughs> 1983 national champion, University of Miami. Brett Perriman, 1989 national champion, University of Miami. Man, Kenny Calhoun tapped that pass down when Nebraska went for two points against the <laughs> University of Miami in the Orange Bowl, 1983. I wear this national championship I have, this national championship ring I, I wear proudly and mainly because that man tapped that ball down. But we all we also played a heck of a game that game too, Kenny. How's it going, Kenny Calhoun, legendary uh, University of Miami? It's going, it's going great, Daryl. And uh, like you said, man, uh, if it wasn't for you all, I wouldn't be in a position to make that play myself. You know what I'm saying? I mean, throughout the year, you know, we had to position ourselves to be in a position to even be there to compete with them guys. So, you know, throughout the year, we did what we had to do along the way, man. It was a tough journey. East Carolina, tough win, you know. Uh, Florida State, tough win at the end, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of those games, you know, I played, but I didn't meet the big plays, you know what I'm saying? Right, man, right. It, you, you know, it was, a, it was a team effort for sure. Yeah. And, and Brett, you, man, Brett, mm-hmm. I, one thing I want to say about Brett Perriman. Brett Perriman will make you laugh. I don't, I don't care what's going on. <laughs> Brett Perriman will make you laugh, ladies and gentlemen. And Brett Perriman has the biggest hands I've ever seen in my hand in my life and the longest arms I've ever seen in my life, too. <laughs> Brett! <laughs> Brett, you still in Atlanta, Georgia? Yeah, I'm in Atlanta, but I come back and forth to Miami in Atlanta, so... <laughs> oh, okay. I was about to say, hey, man, how you handling that cold up there? One of the reasons I went to the University of Miami, too, was watching you guys go and, and decide before I came there the next year, watching y'all rump down the field offensively was very impressive. Then watching Kenny Calhoun knock the ball down and win the game, seal the championship is the reason why I came to the University of Miami. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, man, I stand it, man. We, we definitely was fortunate to get players like yourself because y'all carried on the tradition, man. Y'all saw what it took, and, man, y'all brought what it took with you and you, you play that way, and, you know, that's something you cannot teach. You got to have that, and, you know, your class, they had it, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, they, they got it from you guys. You know, y'all started tradition, and we just kept the tradition going, and then we instilled in the rest of the guys. As these guys started tradition, we got to follow it up, so we just wanted to keep passing the torch on, and that's what we did. Well, man, the torch was passed a few times, man, because we ended up winning a national championship. Brett, you you guys won. We won in 83. You guys won uh, in 87. And then then another national championship won, was won in 89 and 91. So, man, you know, we we started something down there that that really um, 
it, it kind of troubles me a little bit now because I don't see that same fine passion in the program that, that it was that was there when we were there. We just didn't start it down there, man. We started something in the state. We trendsetters. You know, we were That's the first sure. team to win a Division One in the state of Florida. So we just didn't start it in, in Miami. We started for the state of Florida. We did that. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and how do you guys feel about what we're seeing at, at, at Hurricane Central right now? Um, I don't see the passion that I saw. 10 years ago at, at the University of Miami. How do you guys feel about this? Go ahead, Brett. Brett, can you go ahead? Okay, well, I, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's really complex. You know, um, they throttle down our style, you know, our, our form of play, you know, just pretty much to make it kind of bland. Um, you know, so... I know the coaches, we had great coaches, man, for one thing. You know, we had really good coaches, great coaches. And they, they, they knew how to watch them. They put us in position to make plays. You know, we had talent. But when they put you in a position to make a play, they just like, they knew what the other team was going to do. And, and that helps you. You know, it's, it's not like they running a fake here and, you know, you got a defender going a, a different way. You know, we right where the ball is going. So they put us in position. And I got. I think the coaches need to tighten up and put the players in position. I know the players need to make plays, but it's also on the coaches, man. They need to position them, change the style of defense. They need to do whatever is needed to compete with what team they play. They can't play the same with each different team. I totally agree with you, Kenny. And what's your feelings on this, Brett? I agree. I agree with everything Kenny said. Another, another thing I, I see that we have a lack of is that when we when we're picking coaches and when we're uh, uh, bringing personnel in, you got to you got to bring in personnel and coaches that fit the style that we had in tradition past. And he, like he said, we like putting players in position. Not only that, I don't see some development that we've seen from years back when we played, where guys always go out there and they challenge one another to get better. Whereas when Kenny came in, he was a, a young fella under some older guys like a Bentley or whatever. Uh, Albert Bentley or, 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 or whatever the cornerback, I forgot the name. But anyway, they, they come in, they're showing the tradition. They're showing right. how, how to play the game, what they expect of the game, and then they hold that level of their tradition up. And then it went to you guys. And then with Darryl, all y'all did the same thing with you show Melvin them and, and so on to Warren Williams and uh, Portis and McGahee. And the same thing went with us from, from Eddie Brown to, to uh, uh, Stanley Shakespeare. On down to us and then on to the other guys. You know, it was a way you had to hold the tradition up and the, and the pride that you had to have and the work ethic that you had to put into it and the style of, and, and the style of play that you had to bring to it. You had to bring, we had a, we had an attitude that we were so confident, confident that we'll beat anybody anytime. We had that real swagger. And, and a lot of people throw that word around loosely, but having a swagger really mean not just, just, just an attitude about how good you are or what, you got to live. By, you got to live up to that expectation. You got to go out and earn it. All the work is earned during the week, and not just on the game day when you think you're going to put it on the field. You know, we made our money. We we made our tradition during the course of the week. We was our hardest time during the week. The game was easy for us. Practice was the hardest part for me. And I know watching y'all, we stayed out more time than than not to uh, make sure we go and perfect 
what we had to do. Our hardest battles came from one-on-one with each other at the end of practice. Make sure we don't run gas. Y'all remember all that stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah you're right, man. And, and, and that's, what I, that's what I don't see when I'm down there, when I'm on, on the campus, when I'm, when I'm watching these guys, even warm-ups in, in pregame. I mean, man, we used to tag a joke in, in warm-ups in pregame. You know, we used to almost have to shell it down a little bit. You just don't see the – you don't see the – I don't see the passion from these guys that I, that I, see, that I saw when, uh, when we played. And, and it concerns me, and I'm, and I'm hoping that um, – that Coach Golden can uh, can bring us back to 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 the to the life that we once had at University of Miami. Um, we all waiting for it. We all waiting to see what's going to happen. But you know, and when you still see guys going to the NFL and making a difference, so it, it makes you wonder. You know, we got some talent down there, but we, right. are we just not cultivating this talent? That's it. That's exactly it. And I touched on it earlier. Brett picked up on it. I said, Brett, their class, they had what it, it took to win a championship. They, they came in, they knew, they watched, they observed, and then they duplicated. And they knew it wasn't going to be easy, but they watched us, duplicated it, and went out and won a championship. You, you got to right. get the players with the right frame of mind that's willing to work. It was not easy. You have to work. It takes effort, you know? Courage, commitment, and continuity. That means you got to continually work at it over and over and over again. It's not going to be given to you, that's for sure. And no, nobody want to give it to the University of Miami. Believe that. If anything, they want to take it from us. You know, Brett. Um, I, I know. I have to say, uh, watching University of Miami lose to um, Duke this year was a real low point in my life. Um, but. I guess how, how, do you, how does it make you feel to see the city to see the hurricanes being brought down by teams like Duke, man, and and Virginia, and nothing against I those think, programs. I think it's, I think you know Duke came a long way, and I give them a lot of credit for what they're doing and, and the coach and his philosophy. I think it's embarrassing for Ivy League school. I mean, we, in which we got a smart, we got we got a great curriculum academically. And we just we up there as well with Duke, but to let a program come to that level to come and beat you the way Duke beat us, and now on that go to the bowl game and get dominated. We didn't get beat; we got dominated by the guys. And one of the problems I think that we do have is that, uh, and I ain't gonna say what no individual, but we let out, we letting the guys get away the talent to give away that that got us where we were. We would, guys like us, me, you, and Cotton Hoon would never had a chance if, if Sutterberger didn't go out and do what he did. Right. So, right. And we were good. Everybody was good. We had a high graduating ratio, and as well as we had good character people. All we, y'all young men gonna make a mistake here and there. That's not a, that's right. not a problem. But right. let the guys, the core, of the guys, leave from Dave Broward and Palm Beach. The talent level that's there. I mean, from the West Coast to the East Coast, you got a, a state of Florida. You got a you got to first lock that in and secure that. You can't let that get away. And then right. you got to go out. You got to take chances on God. It, these young men are impressionable, and they need a chance. A lot of money got far to figure. So when you come and you put them in a structure environment, they'll fall in. But they need they need to let some of the guys, like you and Calhoun did, who were seniors, who led the way, let them be leaders, show the young guys how to lead, and let them follow suit. You know, there's so many different rules. They got more rules than... You know, they change every every year. They add more rules to these kids. You got to let the older guys be leaders, 
take on leadership responsibility so they can show the younger guys the way to do it. In the hey. on the field as well as in the classroom, and it it'll be a successful program again. And let and let the older guys come back and help you out. I ain't saying take over your program. Let them show you what's the Miami way. Because although everybody's seen what we did, it ain't it ain't as easy as you think it is. But right. let the older guys come back and show you, and then you take it on from there, and not run the guys away who know the tradition. We're not trying to take over the program. Penn yeah. State let their guys back. Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, you go back, USC, they all come back. They all do. I, I don't like the fact that now the older guys who come back got to go on the stand. Oh, come on, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, Brett, I don't we like got to take, yeah. take a quick commercial break, but I want you guys to hold through. We're going to bring out Evan Shapiro and more University of Miami. We'll be right back with more sports information, UM, on Voice America Radio. flagship station for sports voice america sports it's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here the sports girls take over the voice america sports channel every monday for the inside score beth silverberg chin chin ong and julie Bueller are here to showcase the athletes the coaches and the foundations that change lives in addition we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. Well, I'll relive and tell the tale of my epic safari adventure to South Africa with Daniel DeToy of Kaludi Safaris and we'll also hear from outdoor writer and TV personality Ron Spomer. So get ready for near-death Cape Buffalo encounters, planes, game pursuits, exquisite cuisine, and 100% Jimmy. Hey, this is presented to you by Outdoor Channel and Ram Trucks. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, we have the legendary Kenny Calhoun and the great Brett Perriman from the Detroit Lions played with Barry Sanders, and, the, and Brett also played with the New Orleans Saints. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good, good, good. Very good. 
Good, good. Hey guys, um, before we left, I want to talk. I want to talk about this uh, Evan Shapiro thing. You know, Evan Shapiro, he he infiltrated the University of Miami's system. He actually got in in really deep. I mean, when when you look at the, here's some of these stories that come from the program where the um, not only the athletic the uh, athletic the uh, director. The um, school president, all of these people got intertwined with Nevin Shapiro in some kind of way. This, this ludicrous man. Just, just it's sad, you know, for the the, the authorities, the coaching staff, you know, to allow that. Um, you, you know, if if someone's running through the program, you know, word of mouth, then you know we have we have. Uh, coaches coming through the apartments, checking in on us, popping up on us at random, you know, just getting information. You know, there's information out there about this guy, you know, and it was it's, it's sad that money allowed him to infiltrate and do the damage that he's he done to the program. He set us back years, you know, just because of his, his money, his, his, his uh, little... Sting, you know, his 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 uh, warning to his nightlife, you know, just his toys, you know, it, it's, it's sad. It's really sad to, to stoop down to that. It really is. And Brett, your feelings on this? Well, my feeling is, uh, you know, we spoke about it before on the break. That when we played back then, that wouldn't have been allowed. Uh, I don't care how much money you had. We had guys who had way more money than Shapiro. I right. Mean, as well as guys guys that's in the underground as well could have came out there and did that if that was the case. But the leadership, the administration, as far as you, the head is the one that set the tone. And, and back then we had Snellenberger and Jimmy Johnson, which wasn't going to allow that kind of stuff. We had Jankovic, who wasn't going to have it as the AD. So you had certain people that was in place that wasn't going to allow this. I mean, now with technology, it's easy to find out something about somebody. And for you not to do your homework because a few dollars going around, I think it's really sad because you don't heard a program that was nowhere before, and we made a tradition out of it. And now you got to either put either set us back so far, because now we still trying to climb up out of the out of, out of the hole, you know. So it's, it's very disappointing, and I'm glad it came to a head. And now we can learn from history, and, and hopefully we get bigger, stronger, and, and smarter from this point on. You know, I, I I agree with you, Brett. I really hope we can learn a, a valuable lesson from this, and uh, and it set our program back so far. You know, um, Coach Golden. Uh, some people were surprised to see him take this job, and well, and actually, people said if he had known what he was getting into, would he have taken this job? And it's hard to say. You know, um, um, some people in Miami are still concerned about uh, how how Coach Golden is going to. Um, to handle this season coming up because of the loss that they had in the in the um, in the bowl game, Kenny, you and I were there. Uh, it, it was horrible. I mean, to see Louisville and Teddy Bridgewater just dominate the Hurricanes in in our state. I mean, we had a lot of fans at that game too. It was a it was a nice Hurricane fan base there um, in Orlando for that game, and it was actually embarrassing, man. And I sat there through that whole thing just to just to feel that loss, and um, it wasn't it wasn't a pretty sight, Kenny. No, it wasn't, man. <clears throat> you know, football can be simple, and you you know what what we do is we repeat success, and that's exactly what Louisville did. 
they were successful on some plays. You know, they the coaches did their homework. They they had a set of plays that would work against our defense. We didn't adjust and make changes, which is you know an error on our on our coaching staff. Simply put, you have to be able to uh, counteract what a team is doing to you. If it's successful running the play, you take that play away. You make them beat beat you on a, a different play. But you, it, it's sad that you allow a team to run the same plays and, and they dominate you. It, it's, just, it's sad. You don't make any adjustments. You know, the, the players are pretty much running, you know, haphazardly around, and, and, they, and they quit too. They, they quit. You know, they quit. They just quit in the first half. I, I would agree with you. You know, Brett, when we look at these receivers that the University of Miami have now, this freshman kid, Tracy Howard, came in and led a blaze. I mean, this kid, Philip Dorsett, I think he is the real deal. And I really yeah. think um, that um, this kid, Scott, who didn't play Harley at all last year, if he comes back this year and can play – at a level that he played at with Sean Scott. If he can come back and play at a level he played at two years ago, wow, the weapons that they have, I, 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 I just don't understand how we cannot be more productive on the offensive side. It, 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 it baffles me to see us not running an offense, something similar to what a professional offense is. It's, it's, it, I don't understand it, man. Your feelings on this, Brett. My feeling is, I, I agree with you. Uh, with the type of talent that they have, the guys that I see there, I expect it up to have at least 3,000 uh, yard receivers. Um, what we, I think so so many times that we relied on uh, Dukes carrying the team and not going into uh, really preparing ourselves, like Kenny said, from an a, a, a offensive and a defensive standpoint of, of getting to play, doing the adjustment, just in case they counter something we do. You gotta always have two arsenals as far as on the offensive side. So you gotta have a run and a pass uh uh offense. And once I, I think we get lured into just running because it's been that's the only thing we know how to do. But if you're a great coach, you understand you the play sets up the run and the pass up the run, the run set up the pass. And you take what they give you. But you have guys put them in a position to be confident, to even be cocky to know that you're going to get a chance to make a play, and you need to make this play, and we need to make something happen. So I think I think from that standpoint, we got to make that happen. And and if we don't, if we don't get the mindset and, and the coaches to have the mindset to get on, get on them and push them to the level or bring somebody who knows what they're doing to the next level, we're going to suffer some more. But we got the talent. There's no need. I thought we should have been in the top five in the country as far as offensively go. And I'm really disappointed we didn't get that. We started off pretty good, and then we just – it just didn't develop. It, it, it stayed. It, it started off fast, and it it stayed right there, and never went no higher than that. So we stayed. We stayed level. We leveled off at maybe the third game. We never went higher. So I, I think we gotta get better from this standpoint. I agree. And, you, and when we look at our biggest victory of last year was uh, the University of Florida early in the season. I was down there, Kenny. I'm think, I think you were there too. Um, when we look at the production of the Florida Gators. That was not a, a signature win because the Gators' season was was horrible. You know they didn't even make it to a bowl game. You know got beat by a Division One school. You know one double A school. So that if that lets us know that we still got a lot of work to do in Miami, man. 
Yep, a lot yep. of work to do in Miami. Yeah, I Kenny, think, I think they, do where, they got a lot of work to do. Where you see us at this year, Brett? How I many games are we going to win? Because Florida was seen as such a uh, under uh, under a below average team. So yes. for us to go out and have a, a great victory early in the season, that was good. But seeing the the finished product of what Florida had, that really wasn't a, a celebration. Now you can take that celebration and, and, and do, do nothing with it. We, but with the Florida State went out and beat us. Where they beat us was embarrassing. So uh, the comp- competitive level, I'm really worried about our attitude when it comes to us getting down and getting beat. We don't show the fight we need to have, and I think that's going to start from the top. If you're not going to fight, you make adjustments. You let Jimmy Johnson. You didn't fight with Jimmy Johnson. What happened? You just snatched he got out. out of the game. You didn't play. play. You snatched out. Right. And you see these guys, man, they make mistakes and nothing happens, it seems as though, sometimes. Yeah? Yeah. Kenny, can you see this season as a rebound season for us? Um, I, I, I look at our team and I see offensive linemen this year are probably going to be drafted, and we're going to see some of these. We're going to probably see two guys from this offensive line drafted, if not drafted, playing next year in the NFL and being productive guys. You know, but when we look on the defensive line, it, it concerns me that we don't have anybody on our defensive front appears to be getting any pressure on the other team's quarterback. It's very rare that we make a, a, a tackle behind the line of scrimmage, man. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a problem. And, Darryl, you say rebound. And I'm saying to myself, rebound from what? You know what I'm saying? What are we rebounding from? What have we done lately, man? You know, I'm I'm looking to win a, a ACC championship, and then we could move further than that. But man, you know, it's not not there that we we've done in in years. So, um, you know, we got we got room to grow. You know what I'm saying? Anything we do, go to a bowl game, win, win the ACC, make it to an ACC championship game. You know what I'm saying? That's we haven't done that. I mean, we got room to grow. We got to do something. Uh, and another thing, the players' mindset. You know, they got to believe in themselves. They got to believe that they could make a difference. They got any game that they enter, they have to feel that they can win. And they should expect to win. And I think they don't have that mentality. They don't go into ball games expecting to win. You got the will to win. You got to make plays to win. You got to think about the night before putting yourself in a position, I'm going to make this play. I'm looking to make this. You're not just making, want to make the catch. You want to make the catch and score. I remember Warren Williams in practice. He catch a, ba- a pass out the backfield. He run 30 yards, man. You know, nobody around him. He take it 30 yards. You know, that's that's what we're lacking. Right. You know, he, he he's envisioning himself when he catches the ball in the flat, he taking the 30 yards. So in the game, when he catches, that's what he believes. He do it in practice, so he's going to do it in the game. These these yep. players, they don't see that. They don't. There's no one that to have taught them that. It's lost. Yep. Man, I, I really um, don't see much happening with with our D line. Uh, the D line has, has been our strong point even in the seventies. You know, uh, so if we don't have the, the pressure up front, then that takes away from the linebacker. That puts yep. pressure on the defensive back. You know, yeah. the quarterback has more time to distribute the ball. It, it's just it's hard to win that way. You need to put pressure on the ball. Therefore, you throw off the time to the receivers. You jam the receivers. Linebackers can make plays. 
and it's just it, it's not that hard to. I agree. Hey, Kenny, we got to yeah. run. Brett, you got the last thirty seconds. We're giving it to you. You the youngest man on the panel. Give it to us. What's <laughs> up? Hey, I, I listen. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stamp with everything Kenny said, and you can end with that segment because I'm gonna. I'm gonna let my my boys, my mentors who started me off in the program where it's supposed to go. I agree with everything he says, and until we get to that point, we're going to be in trouble because, it's like he said, that front defensive line and the, and the vision that everybody had, that's how you start off and that's how you finish it. So, Hey, thanks, hey, guys, and thanks for being on the show, Kenny and Brett. Hey, guys, and thanks, everybody, for listening to Sports you, Info UM on Voice America. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.